Welcome to Gab and Gilmore. I'm Jackie. And I'm Catherine. We're sisters, moms, and in our humble opinion, Gilmore Girls experts. So grab some snacks at Dosey's Market. And head on over to the town meeting. Hey townies, before we start, if you love this podcast and you've been listening for a little while, would you take a moment while you're listening to leave us a review on Apple it helps us reach more Gilmore Super fans, and we would just appreciate it so much. All right. So let's get into our topic today. Yeah. We are finally talking about Taylor Dosey. Yeah. And his alter egos. Yes. Do you know what I was thinking, Jack, this morning mm. about this episode? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you remember in Rory's birthday parties? when they're having the party at Lorelai's house Mm. and Richard and Emily show up kind of unexpectedly and Mm. this isn't really Richard's cup of tea and so Rory hands him a magazine Mm. it's like Glamour or Cosmo Cosmo. or Mm. one of those Cosmo yeah of course (laughs) and he takes one of these quizzes and it says you know and then at the end he says I am an autumn yes and I love like that audio was circulating around social media for the last several months And I love it, but I was thinking about that in terms of our episode today, because it's like, Taylor Dosey, are you a Jessup or a nope? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this whole episode we're about to do could be a quiz (laughs) in a magazine, which by the way, kind of miss, it's like, is it sad that this is not a generation of magazines anymore? Yeah. Maybe it's good, and maybe- there's a few things I miss. I like know. I was just thinking about silly that. quizzes. Yeah, about some of the artistry of magazines as well. And yeah, the quizzes were fun and sharing that with your friends, like at sleepovers. But <laughs> right, right. What were? Where did people take quizzes like last decade? Mostly BuzzFeed Bu- or yeah, BuzzFeed yeah, quizzes. Was that it? And I actually just took one of those about Gilmore the other day. Like which Emily something? Oh no, no, no. It was like which character are you most like? Which oh, yeah. female character? Did you get? Emily? I turned out to be Emily. <gasps> I was like. What? That's hilarious. Yeah, I meant to share it on social. I'll do that. I got to take it. Send it to me. I got to take it. We'll do. So, yeah, let's get into our topic. We're talking about Taylor. We're talking about Taylor. Taylor Dosey. And, yeah, as you just mentioned, Jessup and Nope. So, who are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. People might be like, who? <laughs> who? So, what? we had this this strange thought. I, I was watching an episode. Um, it's actually the one where Taylor loses Selectman to Jackson. Oh. And it suddenly occurred to me. I'm like, Taylor is Colonel Jessup. So Colonel Jessup is from the movie A Few Good Men, which came out in the 90s. Yes. So many of you may know it. It's it's often on TV. It's just like playing. It's on all the time. Can I just say my husband is a huge fan and I've seen the courtroom scene at least a dozen times, but I've not seen the whole movie that many times. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's iconic, that scene. It is. I mean, and Jack Nicholson, like other actors talk about him. In that scene, I guess he only did two takes and they had scheduled like three days of filming yeah. and he didn't need it. Just nailed like, it. That's it. Yeah. You just nailed it. So I Jack mean, he's Nichols- amazing in that movie. So many people in that movie. But so it, <laughs> it occurred to me that Stars Hollow needed Taylor on the wall. So that's oh, the classic yeah. line from A Few Good Men. Yeah. Is you want me on that wall. You need me on the wall. Oh, totally. So for people who don't know um, A Few Good Men, yeah, it mostly takes place in a courtroom, but one Marine has died and two are being charged for his death. 
But ultimately, Tom Cruise is looking for the real reason that this Marine was killed. And he's going all the way up to the top ranks. And that is Colonel Jessup. Right. Played by Jack Nicholson. And he's helped by Demi Moore, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got like Only a woman. young Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> and who else? Wait, what's his There's face? Like so many people in that movie. The dude who dances. The dude who dances? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kevin Bacon. Kevin oh, Bacon. Yeah. Oh, my God. The dude who dances. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and Colonel Jessup is tough and scary. Oh yeah. Um, he's been around, you know, as a Marine for a long time and he wants and demands respect. So you might not initially think that Taylor is Colonel Jessup, but Mm. when I mentioned this to you, we were kind of chewing on it for a few days. And after a while you came to me and you, you were like, yeah. He's also Leslie Nope from Parks and yeah. Rec. And we it just had a better good day laugh about <laughs> this. So we decided to go with with both of these characters. Yeah. Cuz I think he channels both of them at different times. Yeah. And it's kind of like the devil sitting on one shoulder and the angel sitting yes. on the other. Yes. Yeah. That's so perfectly said. Yeah. So, all right. So I know out there there is a lot of feeling about Taylor and it's yeah. a lot of negative feeling I know so many people you know when everyone does like oh remove a character yeah. kind of a vote thing like mm-hmm. who do you hate the most which by the way I can never participate in those because I feel like I love almost everyone and I'm always perplexed when everyone says I hate Taylor Me too. I'm like what I mean he's Taylor right he's essential he's essential and he's supposed to be a little annoying exactly it's like we need that character and we need him on the wall. <laughs> we need him on that wall. <laughs> Maybe every town needs a tailor. That's what we want to talk about. I know. Today. Do you think do you think that's true? Yeah. Maybe. And before we get into that, just want to talk about Michael Winters, the actor. Because when oh. I was doing research for this and really, really watching his scenes, especially with Luke, the way that he delivers some of his long speeches is incredible Mm -hmm. um the chemistry he has not only with luke but Mm -hmm. with all the town characters is just like spot on yeah and i think in my opinion he brings a charm to the character that maintains that likability in my opinion i think people disagree (laughs) yeah you know why because remember in the very first few episodes they have that other old white guy yes. who they say is the mayor of the town. I swear he's played Santa Claus in, in another movie, and that's where I know him from. Has to be true. But And and Taylor's around, mm-hmm. but he's not the full lead for the first few episodes. And I do think he has like this dynamic kind of magnetism that draws people in, his way of talking and his way of commanding a room and yeah, being a little bit annoying and kind of trying their patience, but you know, being like kind of lovable at the same time. Yeah. Cause right. That other mayor you're referencing kind of fades out and we don't really know why, but I think it was a good call because he was really more edgy. He was edgy, and it allowed for that dynamic between him and Luke, mm. as you mentioned, which was just so core to the series and made us laugh so many times. Yeah, it's classic. Like having the grumpy, you know, I don't want to do anything attitude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Matched up against his was so funny. So, okay, so just a little bit on Colonel Jessup. 
So as I said, he's tough and he's scary and demands respect, right? He really subscribes to brutality and torture. Like, let's just be honest. Mm. And I'm not going to say that Taylor does. (laughs) Um, Right. And, you know, he can be very cruel and heartless. And I actually want to talk about can Taylor be cruel and heartless? Mm. Um, I think that Jessup claims to follow the letter of the law and chain of command and that he lives and dies by that, but actually doesn't. Oh, interesting. Um, His ego is really what drives him. Mm. And I think we can talk about that with Taylor as well. Um, Initially, when I was thinking about Taylor's leadership, I thought that he really led from a very black and white perspective, that he follows town ordinance and that's where he's coming from. But if you really dig in a little bit, he actually is willing to sort of be guided by his ego he's willing to like have his palms grease they talk about um mm, to move town lines times. yeah so and he um want, when he wants his ice cream truck right he's very willing to yeah, play like around with the on, rules mm-hmm. and put pressure on Lorelai's help yeah in a very sneaky and backhanded way so which is funny because I feel like some people have made the analogy of like Taylor being the mafia <laughs> Which would kind of <laughs> bolster that argument a That's little funny. bit. Yeah. Because there, there is that one episode <laughs> where you see the town elders. And then we yeah. really never hear about them again. No. Who so are, are they? Who are they? What's yeah. the deal? But I also feel like the town is the centerpiece of Gilmore um, Girls. And Taylor is really the mouthpiece definitely. of Stars Hollow. And I think that part of the reason that he doesn't have much of a personal life is because he is supposed to be the town. Yeah. And so we're not supposed to see him doing much else than yeah. carrying out town ordinance. He's got two businesses right. by the end. and Right. It's like he doesn't need a baby or a dog he because he's got the town to take care of. <laughs> Maybe a dog. That could have been cute. Maybe a cat. A cat. I think he's more of a cat person. Taylor tells us that he is a member of... The Stars Hollow Business Association, the Stars Hollow Tourist Board, the Stars Hollow Neighborhood Watch Organization, the Stars Hollow Citizens for a Clean Stars Hollow Council. I can barely (laughs) say those and I'm reading it. And he just spit those out in that conversation with Luke like it was nothing. And then he gives us the The acronyms, the SHHC and the SHTFS. And oh, my gosh, that's. That's dialogue right there. Yeah. I can't imagine no. practicing to deliver that as an actor. I can't either. Again, can barely read it. Um, so he's on every town and board. So he and is probably running hollow. most of the committees. <laughs> probably. You know, we see that Colonel Jessup is a controlling guy yeah, throughout very. all of uh, the movie. He mm-hmm. is trying to control the narrative, essentially oh, yeah. so that he doesn't get in trouble. Yes. Um, but he but also because like he feels like he knows what's right. right? Exactly. He yeah. feels very justified in his decision. Yeah. And I think that Taylor often feels very justified in his decisions. I was even thinking about um, when he tells Jackson that he has to move his greenhouse. Oh, yeah. I think that's a big one. Interesting. Yeah. And I was thinking about that. We see when Jackson becomes a leader. That Mm -hmm. everyone starts almost attacking him for their own needs. Yeah. And as a leader, you have to have strong and clear boundaries Mm -hmm. to protect yourself in some ways. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And it appears that Taylor is very good at this. I don't think Taylor minds being disliked. 
It's not about being In liked. fact, I'm not even sure if he knows he's disliked. I'm not here to make friends, as they <laughs> say on America's Next Top Model. <laughs> <laughs> like, does he really care that Luke threw a pan at his head? I don't know. Like, he sort of brushes it off. He kind of enjoys it deep down. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think he would tell you that, like, if he were meeting a new person mm-hmm. or coming to Stars Hollow, he'd probably describe him and Luke as longtime friends. <laughs> Don't you think? That's probably true. (laughs) Even though Luke would be like, I can't stand this man. I don't know. Was that like if he did that like genetic counseling thing? Like he would find that he and Luke are actually. Yeah, I was like, what are they? That he and Luke are actually related. (laughs) That would be amazing. (laughs) Do that in the next revival. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I think he doesn't mind being disliked and... That's, but that's a big part of being a leader. I mean, definitely Colonel Jessup does not mind being disliked and maybe no. thrives on it. Right. But they seem to be coming from a place of following the law. And I do think Taylor feels very passionately about following the law. Yeah. But he seems to have no empathy for the people that he's overseeing. So when yes. do you sort of like let those boundaries soften? To support the people in your town or that you're leading. Yeah. I think the reason he doesn't have any empathy for them is because he looks at Jackson building his greenhouse as, well, all you had to do was look up the rules Mm -hmm. before you built it. Why wouldn't you do that? Everyone does that. I do. Like, that's what is going on in Taylor's mind. That everyone should be a rule follower like him. So I think it's really hard for him to have empathy mm-hmm. when they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yes, exactly. Yep. So, but that protects him. Yeah. And it keeps the people in line and it keeps the town the way that he wants it. Yeah. So, you know, he, yes, he's controlling. We talked about the number of boards he's sitting on in his businesses. Yeah. Um, I also think he starts to cross a line into this obsession with safety and protection. Oh, for sure. But it's like surveillance, you know, level of (laughs) it is. That's why when you said like the stars hollow, what was it like neighborhood watch association? Anytime you have a neighborhood watch, it's just Mm -hmm. like, let's be honest what that is. So he actually has pictures in one episode oh of gosh. kids skateboarding. So creepy. Where did he get these pictures from? When were they taken? And he says, this is the dark side of Stars Hollow. He yeah. wants to keep the kids off the street. And this is his um, excuse for having the soda shop. Yeah. So he's presenting this to Luke. Well, that's um, probably how he spends his Friday nights. <laughs> I, I mean, he's not like going out on dates and stuff. <laughs> I think he's probably getting out a camera and going to the skate park <laughs> to take pictures as proof. <laughs> That's hilarious. Or does he have cameras posted around town that people don't know about? Oh, 100%. And also, I just wanted to orient us, too, and put us in the context of of the time of this show. This was um, Bush era, like after 9-11. Yes. And we did a little digging on, you know, what was going on then. And I think that the Paladinos are giving us a little bit of a narrative about their opinion totally on they all like of to that. do a little political parody i think that's what's yeah. happening here i think so um 
because we had that Bush enacted the Patriot Act. Mm. People might remember. And at the time, it made it easier for government to basically like spy on Americans. Yeah. And look into, you know, like our phone and email communications and that type yeah. of thing. And they said it was um, to catch terrorists. The war on terror. <laughs> <laughs> but Did I sound like George? <laughs> that was excellent. Thank you. Thank you. But ultimately, you know, it was very questionable. Yeah. Um, and a lot of organizations are actually still looking into that. Yeah. Um, makes sense. Makes sense. So I feel like we have to have that context because I think that Taylor is supposed to represent that government overreach. Totally. And, um, you know, he represents as well that like old family values type of thinking. Oh, yeah. And he seems to want to protect Stars Hollow and make it like the quote good old days. Exactly. Like that 1950s era you know a, a mom and a dad and two kids and a dog and mm-hmm. the mom is home cooking so we see that in the twickham yeah, house yes. museum oh my gosh it's like he well and they start out they're like going through the decades right and they come through the 60s and he's like hippies. hippies oh what a nightmare <laughs> and then yeah showing this family that's supposed to be perfect it's so ridiculous mm-hmm. and i love that that throughout the series, Luke is always there to say, like, I was watching season, I'm kind of in a season one rewatch right now. Mm-hmm. And there's, it's like the first time we see the reenactors and Luke is ranting about how much he can't stand all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And he says, like, y'all are thinking that we can go back to this time that's perfect and crime didn't happen and everything was fine and he's like that didn't exist yes it was still basically like life was still rough it was just you know we thought about it differently exactly like head in the sand thinking but he taylor definitely is whitewashing the stars hollow history oh and you see that again in the twickle museum oh yeah and i'm gonna get into that with um when we get to leslie too yeah he for Um, sure is yeah because he says that in the little mannequins in that monologue say something about like oh they, they were the first settlers of Stars Hollow, other than the Indians. Oh, my <laughs> so gosh. Really right? Quickly, like, this, like, oh short phrase. Gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Taylor doesn't want to acknowledge that. He doesn't. And he definitely others people. Oh, He's yeah. very guilty of othering. Mm. Um, we see him call people loner, freak, True. hippie. You know, the farm stand guy. Yeah, Just because he wanted to sell some vegetables outside. Right, and because he has long hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, anyone who played music, the troubadour. That's true. Like, music was frivolous. They're hippies. Yeah. Well, because hippies were, like, anti-establishment. And he is the establishment. So that's very threatening yeah. to him. Mm-hmm. I was actually just going to bring up when you said that when <laughs> Luke sort of alludes to him being a fascist. He doesn't call Taylor a fascist, but that's thrown around in a dialogue. And then Taylor, I rather than be line. offended, <laughs> says, say what you will about the fascists, but their parks were beautiful. <laughs> like, okay. That's such a Taylor line. <laughs> but their parks were beautiful. So he's doing everything he can <sighs> to, like, quote, protect Stars Hollow and keep it this old 1950s era, like, perfect kind of very whitewashed town. Yeah. And I think that his motivation I'm thinking about is, like, 
he always talks about tourism. He talks about supporting local businesses and all of that is great. Um, you know, comparing that to Jessup, we know mm. that Jessup is just trying to protect the U.S. He's tasked yes. with things that he tells us we don't want to know. Exactly. That Americans do not want to know the stuff that he has to do. Right. Like no one and wants to see how the sausage gets made yeah. is his theory. And that's probably true. Yeah. Um, and with Taylor, the minute that he's ousted and Jackson comes in to leadership, I think we get that sense that, yeah, people don't really want this job. It's exactly. actually a lot harder than Taylor makes it look. Absolutely. And like for Jessup, he has arguably a bigger role in protecting <laughs> the you know, the people of the United States yes. and um, like our overall kind of safety. But I think Taylor would would believe in his mind that he has just as big of a role in the lives of Starves Hollow citizens and that without him, yeah. they would not be safe. And yeah, when Jackson comes in and tries to, to take on that role, he's just not effective and <laughs> sees like, wow, Taylor puts so much work into this role and yeah. I'm not really willing to do that. No, and kind of does it flawlessly in the sense that he doesn't complain. He doesn't look like he's working hard. Mm -hmm. You know, he runs the two businesses. He's on the committee. Um, he's running the town. He runs town events, charity oh, yeah. events, and raises money yeah. all without breaking a sweat. Like you said, it's like his dedication to this. It's his one and only passion in life. Totally. Totally. It's almost like his businesses are kind of on the side. Yeah. Like he runs Dosies and he runs a soda shop. And I think he loves both of them. <laughs> but I think he loves the the town and the municipality, mm. the politics even more. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Almost like his need to run the market is sort of like is an arm, just an extension mm. Of his need to run the town. Well, and it keeps him, like, entrenched in the community. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's sitting there checking out people at the grocery store. So that yes. keeps him in the know at all times. Absolutely. And then when he puts the window in between his soda shop oh, my and gosh. Luke's diner. It's so intrusive. So inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not sure he should have been allowed to do that. But he oh, does know. it without even asking Luke. And Luke got so mad. Mm-hmm. And it's another way of surveying. It's true. Yeah. Because then he can keep tabs on what's happening yes. in the diner. Uh-huh. Even when he's in the soda shop. And it's funny because, like, he doesn't strike me as someone who would care about gossip, really, except if it has to do with the town. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, like worry kissing Dean and Dosies. He doesn't care that they're kissing. He True. cares that she just shoplifted some cornstarch. Oh, my gosh. You're so <laughs> right. Yeah, when Luke like, and what's Laura more important, the romance or like <laughs> how it's going to impact the town? Yet say. when Luke and Lorelai got together, yeah. he has to talk about that at a town meeting. Yes. As if they're not in the room. Right. He's just talking about them as a matter of business. Yeah. And this was on his mind, not because he really cares no. who Lorelai's dating. Mm -hmm. He makes casual observations <laughs> about who she's dated and whether or not it's lasted or not. But he is extremely concerned about how it's going to impact the town. Yeah. And the local business. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he, you know, he definitely does things that are constantly annoying people, but mostly Luke. Luke is yeah. the one who is monitoring Taylor. So if Taylor is monitoring and surveying the That's town, true. Luke is the one keeping tabs 
on Taylor. So he puts in the traffic light and Luke is just beside himself. Right. Luke's saying, you have no basis for this traffic light. Yeah. Like, why are you doing this? Right. And Taylor's insisting it's for safety and protection. And his response, I feel, is what we've heard so many times throughout government, which is, law-abiding citizens have nothing to worry about. That's with the red light camera, too. <laughs> yeah, with, oh, sorry, yeah. Yeah, you exactly. don't have to worry. With the red light camera. Yeah, people who stop at the red light, nothing right. to worry it's about. Like, okay, what about just our personal privacy, privacy to be able to travel from point A mm-hmm. to point B without being recorded? Yep. Yeah. And that's the second time Luke's on him. Mm-hmm. Like, you have no right to do this. Yeah. And of course they make it comedic. Sure. With, you know, Kirk crashing Taylor's car into the diner. That was kind of oh horrible. My gosh. But um, but nevertheless, you know, he's doing those things. He's buying up the town. He's buying yeah. residential properties and yep. um cutting the grass height to a particular height. And oh my gosh, I love that. So he, you know, he is. He's He's making his mark, his own mark on Stars Hollow. And there are a lot of things he's doing that are questionable, whether it really is for town safety or not. You yeah. know, what are his motives? Luke's always watching him. Yep. But do the residents need him on that wall? I know. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> like, is he in all of your research about Colonel Jessup and everything? Like, do you think, I mean, A, do you think Taylor is Colonel Jessup? And B, do you think it's necessary yeah. for the town? Yeah. <laughs> One of the lines that Jessup says is, I have a greater responsibility than you can possibly fathom mm. a life spent defending something. So that... Oh, my God. And, like, wall. Could he be more of an Enneagram 8? <gasps> That's what... <laughs> I wrote that down for Taylor. Enneagram 8. Yeah. yeah. In his love of the rules and responsibility and feeling, maybe that he's the only one that can do this job. Yeah. And does he work like as a member of a team? Right. You know, it's like, almost like unnecessary. Yeah. And for those who are like, what are you talking about? We did a whole episode about Paris yeah. and the Enneagram and our theory is that she's an eight. And she has a lot of similarities to both Jessup and Taylor when it comes down to it. Um, I think she and Taylor would have a lot in common. Yeah. Because he, you know, Taylor has Kirk to help him out mm-hmm. and he has Patty. But ultimately, it doesn't seem that he wants their assistance. Not in really. A- actual leadership. He wants to always be in charge. Yes. And Jessup absolutely always wants to be in charge yeah. um, and make the final decision and not be questioned. And I think that mm-hmm. Taylor doesn't want to be questioned, but he always has like the town rules on his side to go back yes. to he's always making mm, i should say most of the time he's making yeah. decisions from those laws and rules because really it is not knowledge is power it's like a cheesy mm. line but it's true when you know how when you know the policies you know how things work like it is easier mm. for him to have the upper hand it is because other people don't know the rules yeah so he automatically wins most of the time he does yeah i think where i'm stuck on deciding whether Taylor is like Jessup is the ego. This is what I can't mm. decide. I actually, I felt like I could write, yeah. you know, a paragraph about both sides. Yeah. Like sometimes, yeah, I feel like Taylor does think he's a little bit above everyone and is working from his ego. Well, maybe that's like his shadow side. And and I think, you know, we're going to delve into this deeper when we get into Leslie you know, because I think he 
part of what we want to do today is really flesh out how like he can lean one way or the other yeah depending on the day and depending on what's going on so it's like yeah he has it in him Mm -hmm. and maybe he also has greater potential in him Mm. yeah that seems like a good segue Mm. to our second half which (laughs) is like so is taylor a jessup or a nope um now remind me jackie did you watch parks and recreation when it was on no so i this was a covid show for me so we binged it during covid which was awesome i didn't know that yeah it was a great time i haven't watched it since then right so i've only done once through so i'm a little rusty no problem we watched it i think twice through so i'm not an expert as Mm -hmm. much as other people but gonna do my best here (laughs) um so for people who don't know it was on between 2009 to 2015 on NBC won tons of Emmys Mm. and it's one of those shows that I feel like is very cultish. There are people who just love it so much. Um, The first season, a lot of people say wasn't as good as the rest and they really worked on Leslie's character Mm. during. And so Leslie Nope is played by Amy Poehler in case you haven't (laughs) seen it. And they worked on her character a little bit in season one after getting some feedback that she was like too ditzy and stuff like that. Yeah. And the way they crafted her character ended up paying off because yeah. she's the heart of the show. Um, she's obsessed with her town. She loves town governance. So she's a lot like Taylor. Yeah. And what, you know, when you started talking about Colonel Jessup a few <laughs> weeks ago and, and I was thinking about like, yeah, that it's sort of like, yeah, his, his darker side. Yeah. And he also has this, potential to like rise to Leslie Nope. He does. You know? Yeah. And so as I was thinking about it, there are a couple ways I think they're really similar. And then maybe a couple ways that he could grow as mm. Leslie, you know, like if he really wants to channel her leadership where he could grow. So if Taylor wanted to think about his personality at all right? and work on himself whatsoever. Yeah, I don't know that he's actually doing self growth. Yeah, like, like personal reflection. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Like, so they're both obsessed, not just with the town, but with the potential of the town. Mm. You know, Taylor's always saying how, like, Stars Hollow can be one of the great towns in this country. And, and he thinks it is, but that he right. wants it to have this national recognition. And very much the same, Leslie is obsessed with Pawnee. Um, she wants to put parks everywhere. She wants to do more with the parks. And she's mm. always kind of hamstrung by problems right like space or the budget or you know just like your normal kind of actual municipal government problems Mm -hmm. um but like she has such a vision and taylor does too you know like they both um they both are not just focused on tourism but i think like having these events that make the town really exciting for the people who live there and yeah, like drawing other people in as well. Yeah. Cause even when Taylor changed up the spring fling and made it completely into a hay bale maze. Yes. I feel like that was vision. It was because he was willing to change this old tradition into something that he thought would better the event without the town support. But he totally. still went for it. So, yeah, he does. He, he's so forward true. thinking. Yeah. He is. And very similarly, Leslie had this, there was like this big plot of land in front of um, like where Andy Dwyer, played by Chris oh, Pratt, yeah. and mm-hmm. Ann Perkins, played by Rashida Jones, 
lived and it was just like it was an eyesore <laughs> it was kind of this big ditch and there was nothing being done about it and this serves as an arc over a couple right. of seasons about like she's trying to do something with it you know and like and nobody else can really see that by looking at this pit of mm-hmm. dust you know but like yep. she can see the potential right she's willing to continue working on it yeah and they I would say like you know Leslie and Taylor both dedicate almost all their time to the job in the town. Yeah. Um, We see Leslie has a bit of a personal life. You know, she has some friends and she dates over. Yeah. Unlike Taylor. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's still kind of the running joke that she'd, she's spending most of her nights at home, you know, like with a notebook and coming up with a plan. Yeah. I I feel like the takeaway from that show, as I recall, was her number one was the town, regardless of her relationships. Definitely. Definitely. And it's like, it's sweet, but sometimes, you know, sometimes it backfires. (laughs) And like, similarly, as you, you mentioned before, when Jackson tried to step into Taylor's shoes, it didn't really work. And we see that on Parks and Rec, too. Mm. There's this moment where Leslie is sick and she's denying she's sick. And she's like, <laughs> I'm fine. But she's, you know, about to fall over and, and can't hear things properly. <laughs> like, she just needs to get in bed. And um, so, like, April has to run these public hearings in Leslie's, Leslie's absence and, you know, you, we just see how, like, Leslie does it kind of flawlessly. Yeah. I mean, like, the people who show up at these public hearings are ridiculous. Yeah. That's most of the joke <laughs> on Parks right. and Rec. Um, but, and these you are know, town like, citizens, April has right? to, yeah. They're dealing, yeah. Yeah. Right. That, yeah. That's a challenge. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like their town meetings. It's interesting. Right. The, the town meetings. I feel like the town meetings and the public hearings mm. On Gilmore Girls and Parks and Rec, respectively. Yeah. There are, like, some some similarities, but kind of different. Whereas, like, Taylor's usually the butt of the joke in the town meetings. Whereas the people in town are always the butt of the joke in the public hearings. interesting. Okay. Like, they come and say the most ridiculous (laughs) things. And Leslie kind of has to keep it together. Okay. And that's what's funny about it. Okay. Um. But yeah, yeah maybe that's Stars Hollow, point. it's yeah. more like the dynamic between everybody yeah. is, is the joke. I don't know. That's true. They do get kind of silly at times at mm-hmm. some of the town meetings. Yeah. I feel like they went further with that they, in the revival. True. Yeah. Which is why I didn't love the town meetings in the mm-hmm. revival. But mm-hmm. yeah, you're yeah. right. Normally Taylor was more of the butt of the joke. Yeah. 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 Um, And then they both have this quality that. I think they sort of expect other people to be as excited as they are Mm. about the town or they want people to be as excited as they are, you know, and like maybe they know deep down that not everyone is, but, um, you know, like Taylor asks for volunteers for things like the museum, um, but he expects people to volunteer. He, he does. Like he, does. he throws it back in your face if you don't volunteer. That's true. And he keeps tabs on like how many times Lorelai has yeah. volunteered. Yes. Or if she's missed an event. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel like Leslie is a little bit different in the sense that like she kind of expects that her whole staff is going to be as excited as her but when they're not, she really tries to rally them. Mm. You know, she tries to like amp people up and make it fun. And she'll bring in, right. you know, she'll do like a silly rap or like bring in a treat <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, to kind of 
create camaraderie on her staff. Right. She was more promoting that team environment. Yeah. Where she was still clearly the leader, yeah. but she wanted a team around her. Yeah. Whereas we just kind of talked about the Taylor didn't really like he right. did want Kirk to help and he did expect Patty to be standing there holding the gavel next to him. But yeah. other than that, yeah, mm, didn't try to support that team environment. It's true. And you know what that makes me think of too, is that like, Leslie is the default leader, but when the show starts, she's not actually the leader of the Parks and Rec department. Oh, that's right. Ron Swanson is. Oh, Ron is? Yeah. Oh. He's the director. And he is, and by the way, who is, which is played by. Um, that's right. He's in Gilmore Girls. Oh my God. Why am I blanking on his name? Oh. Oh, thank <laughs> <Right>. you. Right. <laughs> thank you, Rachel. <laughs> Nick Offerman. <laughs> This is why, like, I lean on my husband for every pop culture Ugh. reference. And when he's not here, I'm just like, I'm somebody. No help. I'm who, no help. Who is it? <laughs> I have to Google all that stuff. Thank you, Rachel. So we love uh, Nick Offerman because he sh- he shows up in Gilmore yes. Girls before he's on Parks and Rec. <laughs> Jackson's um, brother. Yeah. It's Jackson. Bo- Actually, he's on a few times. Bo Belleville. Oh, several episodes. Yeah. He's yeah. he's on a few times, like, during. The baptism. The birth. Yeah, of, the birth. The babies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when the oh, whole the fam, yeah. Oh, he's grody. When he hits on Lorelai, yeah. it's really gross. <laughs> so gross. But anyway, but so Love like him. the funny thing about Ron on Parks and Rec is that he doesn't believe in government. Right. He's like a libertarian <laughs> kind of anti-government. The opposite of Taylor. Even though he's working, that yeah. So it's like this very <laughs> funny right, dynamic funny. of. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you get this job and why are you still here? Mm-hmm. And he's trying to have government do as little as possible. That's right. While Leslie <laughs> wants government to do everything. <laughs> so you have these two polar opposites and she's always trying to do more and more. So does she want to be liked versus Taylor doesn't really care? You know, I don't know if it's that she wants to be liked so much as that she wants to, I think do she a wants good to job. be friends with people around her. Yeah. But, like, inspire them to yeah. action as well. Not necessarily for them to like her. Is it maybe she wants them to think well of her? Like, that yes. she's doing a good job. Yes. Like, you said, the A-plus Enneagram So, if we were three. in the Enneagram, ah! she would be, yeah. Like, she'd probably be more of a three than anything. Like, she wants people to notice that she's doing Do, a good job. Yeah. Um, okay, right. And she's, yeah. Which I, I think also Taylor doesn't care about. No, I don't not think really. he cares if people think he's doing no, a he's job. Just he getting, knows he's, he's doing just getting a job. it done. That's his Jessup side. He's just getting it done. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and like, so the thing with Ron makes me feel like they both. It's a person. It's another similarity. They both deal with a naysayer all the time yeah. who's really close to them. So, like for Taylor, it's dealing with Luke, <laughs> and for Leslie, it's dealing with Ron. And actually, I mean, she like they're both dealing with the public all the time. Right. But yeah, having right. like this very close naysayer to them. Yeah, who's right on them. And somehow, you know, Leslie always manages to convince Ron kind of like <laughs> yeah. to go along with what she wants to do because mm-hmm. she wants it more. Yeah. When it comes down to it. She's got more passion. So the other thing I love that they both have is a rivalry with a neighboring town. <laughs> Now, we all know Taylor can't stand Woodbury and talks about them all the time. When they do the Festival of Living Lights, yep. he just wants to shove it in Hank's face. Wait, Festival of Living. Fest- oh, what did I call it? Living Pictures? I think it's the Festival of Living Pictures. Okay, I believe you. Um, and he wants he totally wants to rub it in their faces. And then, very similarly, on Parks and Rec, 
um, Leslie has this intense rivalry with a neighboring town yeah. called Eagleton. Mm-hmm. And can I just provide a fun fact here? Do it. So Michael Schur is the executive producer of Parks and Rec. And he's done shows like The Good Place and mm-hmm. stuff like that, too. Mm-hmm. Now, he's actually from West Hartford mm-hmm. originally. Yay. Our town. <laughs> and... He has been interviewed a couple of times about Parks and Rec, and he kind of admitted that it was based on West Hartford's rivalry with Simsbury, which is very close by. It's a little smaller, a little bit wealthier. You know, our town is a bit bigger, a little more more diverse. Yeah, Yeah, has like more city offerings. Mm -hmm. And so it's very funny. Like, I love that we have this personal connection. Yes. So I feel like there are a couple of areas where Taylor falls a little bit short, where it's like, Taylor, you could strive to be a little Mm -hmm. bit more Leslie Nope, right? Right. Okay. One of them is town history. Yes. Now, you alluded to this earlier. He wants a very whitewashed version Mm -hmm. of history. He's very focused on the American Revolution. Yep. And to him, that's like the beginning of Connecticut and Stars Hollow history. Pretty much. We know that's (laughs) not the beginning of Connecticut history. No, he was really ignoring the Native Americans. Yeah, he absolutely is. And so that's the cool thing, I think, about Parks and Rec is like they're grappling with this a lot more. So like Mm. Leslie is frequently acknowledging Pawnee's history of stealing land from the Native Americans and like its colonizing roots and even um the Pawnee Town Hall has like like, all these murals yeah yeah not about like massacres and everything and it's sort of it's like so it's right there in your face yeah right which is like kind of good when on one hand that like people are thinking about the actual history of the town yeah. whereas like it starts hollow is all about the reenactors yes you know yes um and like what i think is even cooler is that um they have so like they have the wamapo tribe is like still i guess functioning mm. in pawnee and they still have a presence mm-hmm. and um their their chief or like the leader of their tribe's name is ken hotate i think okay and this character is awesome i mean i'm gonna say this as like a white girl who may not see like every single side of it Mm -hmm. but like i looked ahead of time i looked online a little bit like a couple of blogs and articles like written by native folks to see you know like what were their um opinions on it too and like i think he's received pretty positively um like by many Native Americans, maybe not all. Okay. Um, but like because when they bring him in, they often make white people the butt of the joke. And right. like so they'll acknowledge stereotypes that are used about Native Americans, yeah. like, you know, doing curses or like stuff like that. And they'll flip it on its head okay. and like make white people the the butt oh, of the joke. Okay. And so, you know, like there was this town festival that leslie was obsessed with this harvest festival that she was trying to put on and the chief objected to it because he's like well there was like i think a massacre on this or like something bad that happened on this land we don't want it to go forward 
um, over the course of the episode, they end up agree, you know, coming to a place of agreement. Mm. But first he had said like, well, I hope, you know, there's not a curse on your land. And like the, he says it as kind of a joke and they all freak out, you know, like the whole town, the news reporters, they're all like, oh my gosh, is there a curse on the festival? (laughs) Is there a curse on, on Leslie Nope? you know? And so he comes in at the end and kind of like does this curse removal ceremony. (laughs) And at the same time, he's the translation is like, I'm saying nothing. These words don't mean anything. But he like does it because he's kind of like, like he understands them. what this. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. And kind of like, you know, using it to his advantage in, yeah. a, in a way. So I don't know. It's it's one of the few shows, I think, uh, to like do this. That's so true. Yeah. You know. Right. And actually recognize the history. Because yeah. And like in, in a comedic way. I feel like. Th- that's true. Yeah. Any any shows in the last 20 30 years that have had indigenous people or much yeah. more dramas right yeah that's a good point for the most part it's true. I, coming from that michael sure perspective growing up in west hartford you know we do have even just like street names named after um yeah. tribes and yeah. so there is a strong presence here and even in connecticut yeah um we have a museum at the casino at Foxwoods. Yeah. That is wonderful. Oh, t- I want to go there. Yeah. yeah. So it's nice to see it represented. Yeah. And I do think there's that level of Taylor um, being one of those, you know, white Americans yeah. who isn't willing to look at the past. Right. And wants to see only their white history. And exactly. You know, we're encountering that still to this day. Mm-hmm. So it's good to keep recognizing when we see that in television shows. Yeah. So I think Taylor could channel a little more Leslie. Like <laughs> yeah. she became very self-educated yeah. on the history, you know, of what happened in right. their town and, and respects the heck out of Ken. Yeah. And, is, you know, it's like very respectful when they're together. Fully know your town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Taylor, just a little bit of growth for (laughs) you. All right. So the last one is mentoring other people. Yeah. Now, you kind of said earlier that Taylor, you know, like he doesn't, he doesn't have a lot of people working for him in the town, like aside from his businesses, except for Kurt. Yeah. For the most part, who it's unclear if he hires him to do things or sometimes he just makes him him. do things. Um, and once he mentions, well, Kirk, you know, I won't be around forever, Lorelai. Something about Kirk might take over for me someday. But my issue with him and Taylor and the way that he treats Kirk is he's not supportive of Kirk and in fact uses him as like the punching bag. So that Easter egg hunt when, you know, Kirk messes up and doesn't collect the remaining Easter eggs. Taylor is just cruel to him. So mean. Rather than acknowledging the error and supporting him and saying, how can Mm. you grow from this mistake? Exactly. So it, it, yeah, he's not actually helping Kirk to grow into the role. He's not. Whereas Leslie appears to want people to grow. She does. And like she has a staff filled with people who have kind of these exaggerated weaknesses as part (laughs) of their character Mm -hmm. because it's funny. Um, But she still embraces them despite that. You know, like April doesn't really want to be there. She's kind of like Ron. She doesn't care about her job that much. Leslie still sees potential in her mm-hmm. and kind of like makes her care or 
makes her acknowledge that there are things that April cares about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, she kind she of like helps opens her, her eyes. take on this role um, of like animal control in the town because oh, April okay. can't stand people, but she likes animals. Okay. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> you know, so like she's very inspired by Leslie in the end and yeah. she ends up pursuing some of these career paths that she enjoys. Yeah. And I just love that Leslie has so much faith in her, even though she's like this apathetic character. Um, yeah. And then again, like it, when Leslie decides to run for city council, her whole staff ends up volunteering outside of working hours mm. for her. Yeah, that and, says something. And I don't think she really asks them to. Right. But, like, they love her because they're inspired by her every day. See, and that's the difference with Taylor. Yeah. When Jackson ran, they probably all voted for Jackson. All of Taylor's, quote, people yeah. who kind of worked for him right. probably voted for Jackson. So right. that even Miss Patty, you. who's sitting yeah, there exactly. like taking minutes exactly. at every meeting and presumably has some role right. on some committee. They probably worked together. Probably yeah. voted for Jackson. Yes. So that's telling about his leadership. It is. He's not quite able to inspire people no. in the same way that Leslie does. So... Is Taylor a no- a nope or a Jessup? <laughs> is he an autumn or a winter? That's right. <laughs> As per usual, I don't think we came to a conclusion. I know, right? <laughs> I think he's both. Pretty, yeah. Yeah. He's both. Yeah, he shows signs of both throughout. And we'd love to hear from you all if yeah. you're a fan of a few good men and Jack Nicholson, <laughs> or if you're a fan of Parks and Rec, Leslie Nope, or SNL, you know. <laughs> like tell us, tell us what you think. Who who do you think Taylor really is? And or he's if just you, some combination. If you really hated Taylor coming into this conversation, oh, yeah. did we change your mind at all? Yeah, did we make you did like him a little bit some more? compassion? <laughs> Tell us. Yeah. All right, let's get Tati. Let's get Tati. You wanna go first? Yeah. How did Gilmore show up in your life this week? Sure. All right, so I feel like I've talked about my husband in Formula One before, but so he was just reading an article about the Formula One year in review Mm. and it was reviewing the 2023 races, but the races are not called races. Okay. They are called a Grand Prix. Oh, (laughs) I do not know a a lot about this world. So he noted the article said, looking back at the most memorable Grands Prix Oh my God! I know and you're gonna say. And he flipped out <gasps> because we had just watched the episode where Lorelai is obsessed with Coles de Sac. <laughs> I said you're Grand getting Tati. Actually, he told me this is a Tati. I was like, it sure is. It is a Tati. It's like attorneys general pans cake, <laughs> rooms meat. That scene is so rooms good. It is recyclables. Like, Ray just looks at her like, please. <laughs> So her parents were like, why are you so obsessed with this? Can you just move on? Yes, because she brings it into multiple conversations. (laughs) Yes. She's like, what does Mariah Carey know that is called Coles de Sac? Hey, are you insulting Mariah's intelligence? Back off. (laughs) But that is really funny. Now you all know that multiple Grand Prix races is a Grand Prix. Grand Prix. You're welcome. Oh, that's so fun, Jack. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> How about you? All right. I have like three Tatsies this week, but oh. I'll try to. Okay. First of all, look what I'm wearing. <gasps> ah! Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is the coolest Gilmore shirt ever. I have a t-shirt on under my cardigan. I'm just like flashing Jackie yeah. with it. <laughs> I didn't I didn't even so, see it here, until I'll now. Stand up. Ac- yeah. 
Gilmore Girls. The Eras Tour. No way. It's purple and has yeah. pictures of all of the characters. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Of their faces. And, and like oh, little colorful backgrounds. I'll be sure to take a picture and That's show so everybody on social media. In Is case that you new? See it. Yeah. So my husband got this for me as a Christmas present. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I was, husband. I was very excited. <laughs> I know. He got me two Gilmore things. I actually posted the candle um, on oh, yeah. Instagram a few yes. weeks ago and people were very sweet about it. I like the Taylor Swift <laughs> crossover. I know. It's lavender. So that's mine. And... Oh, you My have kid. a lot of props today. I do have props. I have, like, stuff with me, you guys. Um, I'm going to pass this over to Jackie now. My eight-year-old oh. made a little poster for us. and oh, so cute. Oh, yeah, and it says... <laughs> I don't know, but it says Copper Boom, <laughs> which is awesome. She totally knows our style. It's adorable. Yeah, I love when she makes us props. She also made Thanks, me girl. this... She, like, cut a piece of fabric out and um she created a mug holder for me oh, yeah. for christmas and she made, she one, made one for for, for too. you too her yeah, auntie she's very and it's creative. like yeah and mine says gabby gilmore on it and it's like something that you can hold your mug with if it's too hot cuz we drink a lot of tea in my house mm. i love she's supporting your interests cuz a lot of times kids really don't care what their parents are doing I know. <laughs> but the fact that she's like noticing and listening it's and sweet. then turning that into a creative gift for you is lovely it's it's very sweet i'm so touched by it like yeah awesome super sweet well thank you all for joining us again this week we'd love it if you can join us on instagram too at gabbing gilmore that's two g's in the middle and be sure to hit follow in the right hand corner of your app so you never miss an episode gabbing gilmore is produced with support from studio 20 south cover art by mgi studios see you next time copper boom